Welcome to the Codependent Me Podcast. I'm Tamara Shaw, a recovering codependent, a codependent life coach, and the co-author of God Turned Mommy's Wine Into Water. This podcast was created to increase the awareness of codependency and to give a more holistic look at the journey and healing of codependence. Welcome to the Codependent Me podcast. I am your host, Tamala Shaw, and today we have Amanda Kate with us. We actually met on Podmatch. I try to give Podmatch all of the the kudos and accolades because they've sent some very, very wonderful people my way, and Amanda is one of them. Welcome to the show, Amanda. Oh, thank you so much for having me, Tamala. It's uh, just exciting to be here. <laughs> yes, yes. And of course, we have our pre-talks. And as always, I just, I love, I love her spirit already, guys. I can't wait for you guys to hear her story. Uh, so Amanda, tell us a bit about yourself. Yeah, so um, we were actually just having a big discussion about names and the importance of them and things like that. So I did mention that I made uh, my middle name, my surname post-divorce, which, um, you know, just feels really, really important right now um, for some reason. But uh, And the reason was I was not wanting to go back to my maiden name. I wasn't wanting to keep my ex-husband's name because of all of the connotations of both of those names. And so I made my middle name my surname. And then it was fascinating. About a year after, I found out that the little nugget that surnames belong to men. And it was because we as women were owned by them. And it all of a sudden made sense why that just sat with me so beautifully. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, I often get called Kate or Amanda or Amanda Kate or, but you know what? I'll answer <laughs> to any of them. But. I think in terms of, you know, the important stuff, I always felt like a really spiritual being. I was quite a peaceful child, you know, had a relatively, I guess, normal for what I knew, upbringing, loving parents, brought up in the church. So we were white, middle-class Church of England. You know, I did the good girl thing. I got good grades. I towed the line. I behaved within my little narrow band of acceptable behaviour, did all Mm -hmm. the right things went to university again, good grades, and just did life the way that life was told that I should do it according to my culture, my upbringing, my parents, all of those belief systems. And I often felt quite hemmed in and restricted, especially through those teenage years. And then as I went through university, I ended up working for my father and then left to go traveling with my sister for a little while. So I went to the UK and did my working holiday visa, ended up meeting a man, got married, had two beautiful children, did international travel. We had a beautiful home and I was just miserable. I just felt like my life was great when I held it up to the external world, but behind closed doors, it was awful. I could never do anything right. The goalposts of what I needed to get done every day to be accepted and loved changed daily. And I'd, I'd 
tell my ex-husband that I'd be going, you change the goalposts every day. I don't know what I'm supposed to do to keep you happy. But that was part of the manipulation and control. And I didn't know that at the time. It was always this, you've done this wrong, you've done that wrong, you're doing this wrong. It was constant blame and shaming me for my behaviour, even though, you know, I was within my little band of acceptable behaviour of being a good girl. And it was just, life was really, really hard. And I was effectively a single mother. It's just that he was bringing in a paycheck. Yeah. Right. A married single mother. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. And I know a lot of women out there get that. Absolutely. It is the, it's that, can I help with the children? What do I need to do? Well, they're your children. I need to watch babysit, (laughs) right? Yes. It was very much, but then I never got any of that help or babysitting either. It's like the children are your thing and I'm out earning the money. There was no crossover at all. The home, everything fell on me. And so even when we'd have people over or we'd be at people's homes, he'd be there drinking and having fun with everybody and I'd be cooking the kids dinner and looking after them and, you know, running myself ragged, trying to get them to bed and doing the dinner and doing all of the things. Yeah feeling like an octopus without enough hands. And it just really took its toll. So when we moved back to Australia in 2011, um, it was, it was just hard. I thought it would make our life together easier because we were then moving away from his family. We were sort of in a neutral zone because my family was a 10 hour drive away. And I thought this is going to make us or break us because we don't have these external influences that I know had a big part in why our marriage in the UK was so hard. Okay. But in moving to Australia and having none of that influence, it did not get easier. If anything, it got worse. Mm -hmm. And I was starting to stand up for the fact that I'd say to him, you treat me like a piece of shit on the bottom of your shoe. And as soon as I started standing up to this, of course, the toxicity grew and grew and grew and it just festered so by the beginning of 2013 i was needing three hour naps in the afternoon i was completely exhausted because i'd been holding on to all this stuff for years and i was winding up like a spring and my body went into chronic fatigue but it took four health professionals to tell me i had chronic fatigue before my ex-husband even began to believe me it was like oh, you're always exhausted. Everyone else is tired. It's always worse for you. You know, what's wrong with you that you feel like this? Eventually, after the fourth person's going, you've got chronic fatigue, he was like, oh, maybe there's something in it. But there was still nothing else. It's still get over it, get up, get your job done. You know, Mm -hmm. there was still all that pressure. And so by the beginning of 2015, I just felt like the empty shell of a human being. I wasn't functioning I went to get a mental health care plan because, of course, I was the broken one. I was the problem and went to go see a psychologist and I rang to make the appointment and the lady at the other end of the phone said to me, you sound like you're under a lot of stress. We can't get you into the psychologist for another four weeks. Have you thought about kinesiology? And I was going, I don't have any clue what that is, but book me in. Like I'll right, give anything I'll do to it. go right now. I am so broken. It. I need help. Just send in reinforcement. But she asked me a really valuable question. She said, who's got your back? Mm. And it was the first time in all my years of seeing more traditional doctors that anybody had asked me about my support structures, my relationships, anything outside of the physical 
health. Right, right. And, you know, the biggest problem in my life was the emotional and psychological stress, the emotional abuse, the psychological abuse, the gaslighting, the stonewalling, the all of those manipulation techniques, mm -hmm. the constantly changing goalposts where I had no idea what game I was playing any day. And as soon as we were able to start unpacking that through the energy work of kinesiology, I started just seeing life differently. In that first session, she said, you have no idea how emotionally abused you are, do you? And I was like, oh. Oh, wow. And I could see it in other relationships. It took me four months to see it in my marriage. And it took me another four months to then leave my marriage. That is wow, mm -hmm. is what I'll say is wow. Yeah. So kinesiology. Yes. Let's talk about <laughs> it. Yeah. Let's talk about it because I honestly have never heard of the term. Mm -hmm. So let us, well, until I read your uh, <laughs> profile. <laughs> so tell us a bit about it. Mm. So kinesiology is an energetic somatic therapy. So somatic therapies look at the way things are stored in the body and then they help you to release it through vibrational means. So it could be tapping, it could be acupressure points, it could be other vibrational therapies that then help to shift the vibration of that blockage or that stuckness because we are just electromagnetic fields. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And if that energy isn't coherent, we're not in a healthy, vibrant place. And the body has an innate knowing of what it needs to operate at its, I guess, God source potency right. in terms of that structure. But mm -hmm. we ignore that and we put dead foods in our mouths or processed stuff that is so far from source, it's crazy, you know, alcohol, sugar. Mm -hmm all of these things, right. medications, you know, we're constantly putting stuff into our body. And then of course we're breathing in pollution and we've got all of this, these chemicals coming in that don't belong there. We also are taught to tune out of our body, to go outside of ourselves for the answers because when God got put up in the sky and we could only access him through the intermediaries of Jesus and priests and all of these yeah. people we got yeah. separated from this beautiful sexual sensual beingness of our body that has wants and needs and desires and that was all of a sudden shameful and wrong and sinful and so we don't trust what our bodies tell us Right. And this is 4,000 years of conditioning, by the way. This didn't Absolutely. happen just overnight. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> so we're all swimming in the water and we're all learning new things right now about how to get back in touch with these beautiful beings that we are yes. and feeling into those bodies. And kinesiology was really the tool that helped me to do that. It helped me to start understanding what was swimming in my subconscious and not the subconscious between our ears, which is where people think the subconscious is. The subconscious is every cell, every fiber, every electron of our being. It is through our physical body, our mental body, our emotional body, our etheric mm. body, our mind, body, spirit. Everything holds our subconscious memories. Right. And so as we start to delve into that and realize what stories are playing out, what emotional stagnation there is, what blockages there are, what we're carrying in there, the societal conditioning, the familial conditioning, the, you know, 
peer conditioning, mm. all of that stuff that we've been swimming in, as we start to uncover it and start to release it, we start getting a little bit more coherence in our field. Right. And as we can do that, we get a bit more objectivity. The stories control us less. We start to get in touch with those hurt parts of ourselves that we're just trying to keep us safe. Right. Those inner children, those inner teenagers. All that trauma. All of that stuff that we're carrying mm-hmm. that isn't serving us anymore. It's right. unresourceful. Mm-hmm. So, and we learn to bring it back into the fold and love it for what it's given us and what it still gives us. It's just gets to control us less uh, and be less reactive and more responsive. Right. So I'm, I'm, I'm sitting here. I got a lot on my head <laughs> thinking a lot here. So the person that worked with you, of course, mm. you did the work as far as this happened, this happened, this happened. You're mm-hmm. unpacking, right? Yes. So once you've unpacked, because everything is vibrations and I'll say spirit, right? What type of work? I know you talked about the tapping. Um, I mean, there are times where I have to listen to certain, certain music at certain hertz, right? It'll do certain things for me, right? Mm -hmm. So was that, was any of that a part of the healing? Well, if you think about it, anything that has a different vibrational quality can obviously retune the vibrational right. quality of our body. And so you're looking at sound healing is one of the highest forms. But this is where light and color also come into it because light and color is sound slowed down frequency wise. So that's why some people when they I need you to say that again. Ah, that is. <laughs> yes, yeah. please. For the audience, say that again. <laughs> light and color is music slowed down so music is color sped up and this is why people who are on psychedelics often see music in color because they can see the sound waves and it takes on that rainbow frequency color Mm. that explains so much, at least for me, mm. hopefully for the audience. There are so many shows that I've seen where when the person, when they are in a certain realm, you'll see them using colors and singing yeah. music. You, you know what I mean? And yeah, it just, it's all wrapped up. It's all wrapped up. Mm. Okay. I didn't mean yeah. to interrupt you. Yeah, and that's where, you know, people can see sometimes colors in the aura as well is because of the frequency of light these people Mm -hmm. are emitting. And so when we start to look at all of that different frequency and vibration, we then add things like crystals, which are obviously colored rocks (laughs) that collect different frequencies from the earth, different frequencies from, you know, how they're formed. Mm -hmm. And that's why they have certain vibrational qualities to them we also use plant and flower essences which is where they take the plant at its highest vibrational which is usually when it's flowering because that is the explosion of the plant into reproductive capability 
So they take that essence of the plant and distill it down so that you can take some drops and that will raise your frequency. Essential oils are much the same. So again, we don't know how long the essential oil has been in the in the bottle so it's about asking then the plant to infuse it the plant spirit to infuse it with its healing capabilities so we can use anything that has that i will see people come into clinic and i don't know say yellow tests up as a color that they need and they'll be wearing a yellow top and they're like i picked this out from the back of my wardrobe i literally have not worn it in three years or whatever it is and you go yeah you've body subconsciously knew you needed Mm -hmm. that brightness you needed that lifting you needed I had one lady walk in and she was three colors tested up for her and she was wearing all three of them it was crazy oh wow (laughs) that wasn't the more you do this the more you realize it's actually not it's all you know it's it's all (laughs) a part of what we are right it's because we've we've the problem is we've gotten away from it yes everything that we need is here and outside you know it's ah yeah that's so good that's so good we just don't trust it and believe it because we've been we've had that separation occur right we've been distanced from it because how do you control a population you keep them in fear what better to fear than a god who guilt shames and blames you for your human desires and tells you that your human desires are wrong and not conducive with piety and and okay that's not god telling us that of course that's the humans telling us that right but it's supposed but most times yeah. it's a message from it's supposed to be a message from yes. right so yeah. we'll leave it there yeah exactly exactly <laughs> so when you talk about the mind body spirit a lot mm. of that in my opinion has a lot to do with your intuition yes right so intuitively that we we kind of lose what to do because of all of the things that you were saying the disconnection all of that sometimes we don't listen to our intuition um and navigate the way that we need to so i would love to ask you how we can use intuition to improve our lives Mm. Definitely. And it's such a beautiful question because, as you say, we all have it. We absolutely all have it. We all get those inklings. You know, you can call it vibes. You can call it whatever you want, a gut feeling. Mm -hmm. You can call it clairsentience if you want to go down the psychic sense route. But it's all the same thing. We can feel just think about when you walk into a room with someone who is sad you can feel it when somebody is angry you can feel the anger peeling off them in waves they have a different vibrational quality when somebody is happy oh my god you can feel it let's not just use the negative emotions so we can feel this physically in our body it has a visceral response our intuition comes in through our different senses so we have clear cognizance, which is clear knowing, which is mm-hmm. something just gets almost posted into your head and you're like, oh, my God, I just know that. And it's not this I know it like I've read something in a book. It is this cellular deep knowingness. It's a it's a beyond knowing knowing. Yes. 
You have clear audience, which is where you get messages in your ears or ringing or you turn on the radio and hear a snippet of a song and go, oh my God, that, that's what I've been waiting for. We have clairvoyance, which is clear seeing. So again, it's not just about seeing entities. It is seeing number repetitions or seeing dragonflies or bees and going, oh my God, I haven't seen them in ages. What are they trying to tell me? It's your eye catching different words. Mm -hmm. It's getting it through your sense of sight. We also have um, clairsentience, which is the clear feeling. So that's where we feel it viscerally in our body. We have clairsalience and clairgustance, which is clear smell and clear taste. So again, every time I smell coffee, especially the freshly ground stuff, it reminds me of my grandmother. She used to grind the beans herself. And I remember she'd snip the top off the bag and you'd put your nose to it and get that first smell of coffee. It always brings my grandmother in. <laughs> so we can get intuition through any of those senses. And what it is, it's about slowing ourselves down enough to recognize how many people talk about oh, i saw 1111 today you know angel numbers now sometimes you're just catching that as your reminder to oh i'm being looked after there's something bigger right. than me out there it doesn't always need to be any more than that absolutely and i get people to play with their intuition so when you're practicing using it to start with you play with small things you know, I'm a big herbal tea drinker. Okay, I've got about eight or nine different ones. And so I'll just stand there and go, okay, which one feels right for me to be drinking right now? And that's the one I go for. Now, I've tried it where I've really wanted one and I've gone for another. And you're like, oh, yeah, it's nice, but yeah. it doesn't satisfy. It's not the same. <laughs> or if you're in a food court and your body's going, I really want the sushi and you go and get McDonald's, you'll feel it in your body that yes. that perhaps was not what your body was wanting. Mm -hmm. Or play with those kinds of things with it where you play with, yes, I'm going to go with what my intuition is telling me, say I want for lunch, and then I'm going to go against it mm. and see how it feels. I like that. And even that feeling mm. is a big part. Right. Yeah. We kind of ignore those signals mm. in the body. So, yes, yeah. I love that. And even taking, you know, a, a rough number, you know, give it a random number out of 10. How am I feeling right now before I eat this food? And let's see how I feel after it. Mm -hmm. You know, my, I made my partner and I pizza the other week. We haven't eaten pizza in months, like months. And I made the, these really nice pizzas and I made a special pesto to put on it and all of this, mm. like it was chock full of goodness. And before it, I was doing, you know, I needed food. Clearly I was probably at a four or five, but my problem was because it was so delicious. I didn't stop when my body told me I was full. I had an extra piece or two and I went from feeling like 10 out of 10 amazing because I put so much love and care into it to probably back down to around where I finished because I felt mm -hmm. way too full and overstuffed. Yes. And it was like, oh, well, I learned my lesson there, didn't I? But that shows me going against that bodily knowledge and intuition mm -hmm. and noticing that was as important as noticing, you know, when I get it right is when I ignore it because that's I like how that. you practice. I like that when you say noticing when you get it right, because we, you know, we always 
we recognize the negative, the bad, like you said, the stuff, you know, but do you actually think about when you get it right? Like, ah, got that right today. Yeah. You know, so that is phenomenal because most times if you've done the work and you recognize you get it right more so than you get it wrong. Yeah. Yeah. So that's really And you know what? Even when you've been doing the work a very long time, you will still make choices that aren't in your highest good. Absolutely. Or like with the pizza, I took it a bit far. And, but it was also recognizing, ah, you knew exactly when you were supposed to stop and you ignored that and you chose to ignore it. And now you're not feeling so good. (laughs) (laughs) It's like, and it's not that I'm beating myself up about it. That's the thing I've learned. It's It's not about beating yourself up. It's about having grace and compassion for yourself and going, you know what? I actually knew what was right for me. And I stopped the same can be applied to our jobs, our partners. Do you know, when I first got that thought in about leaving my ex-husband, it was like, Oh, I can't do that. And I'd speak, I talk myself out of it. I can't do that. I can't, I can't be the person who breaks up a marriage. I can't be. Mm. And all of the story and conditioning would come in. Now, if I'd ripped the bandaid off then, yes, it would have been painful, but it wouldn't have been as toxic as it got in the very end. And it's fascinating when I look back at all of those inklings that I had, my intuition was never, ever wrong. What happened was I didn't have enough self-trust to believe it and I didn't have enough courage to act on it. That is changed. That is so powerful because most people stay in a relationship and a marriage is normally even longer than this, but they'll stay in a relationship at least a year or two longer than their, than, than the moment that they knew that it wasn't going to be like, I know this is not going to work. You still hold on for at least 700 more days. (laughs) Oh, I know. And it's insane. But think of your jobs as well. Jobs are the same. I'm there. You know, we don't want to write that. Well, I think sometimes this is why we go and survey monkey everyone around us and tell them about our job is that we want them to write the resignation letter, find us a new job and go here, you just sign the resignation letter and here's your new contract and you start on Monday. You know, <laughs> that's kind yeah, of what we we're hoping. No work to do. We don't want to make that decision. But as soon as we're asking our, ourselves the question, is this right for me? Our body knows the answer. It's our mind. It's our conditioning. It's that overthinking Mm -hmm. that makes us talk ourselves into staying or into doing the thing that we don't want to do. Our soul is the one giving us the question going, are you sure? Yeah. Amanda, 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 Amanda. Sorry for the hard truth. (laughs) (laughs) The hard truth. But it is so true. You abs mm. everything that we're supposed to do. We really do have the answers. Yeah. And you just have to tap in. And I, it's funny, we were talking about the books and how, you know, you can co-write and all of that. Mm. Well, one of the books that I, um, I was a co-author in, I told a story about, uh, I was in Paris and I had gotten lost and it was two o'clock in the morning. Okay. <laughs> I was a little scared. <laughs> Wasn't yeah. quite sure what to do. And I was trying to find my way walking by myself back to the hotel. 
So I got into a point and I said to my God, God, I am completely leaving my direction up to you. I need for you to tell me and send me a sign on which way to go. And at that moment, I wholehearted believed that it would happen, right? There was no second guessing. It was like, I need you. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and all of a sudden, on the right-hand street, I heard a guy yelling at another guy. And I said, aha, that's not the way. Yeah. <laughs> and I went the other way. And it was two blocks down. The hotel was wow. two blocks down. Why I didn't see it? And you know, I was just like, oh my gosh. But at that moment, that's when I realized that if I would just trust my intuition and what yeah. God tells me, yes, I will be okay. And now, notice there was no intermediary between you and your God right. because you are God. You have that direct line. You have that divinity. Yes. And when we ask for that, when we surrender and ask for that higher power, which we mm -hmm. are and we are connected to, it's magic, isn't it? It's amazing. It's mm. amazing. And I think that's why I get so frustrated with myself because I do understand that. But then you have those areas where kind of like with the job where you're told you have to do this, you have to have that, you need to bring this home, you need to, you, you know, you have these yeah. things that they tell you that has to happen when, yeah. in all actuality, when I get up in the morning and I sit down at that seat, it feels very wrong. Yeah. But because of everything that I've been told, mm -hmm. I am not trusting my higher being to take care of me mm -hmm. doing what I know I'm supposed to do. Yeah. Saying yeah. that out loud right now is very big. <laughs> it's huge. And I'm so honored that you are saying it out loud now. I think it's yes. so important. But that's where I've got that Divine Messy Human as my book title because it is the more we can acknowledge that divinity within us and the more we can tap into it, the more that we can love and accept the messiness that that we are in this physical form, the easier our human existence becomes. Because I can tell you now when I was not tapped into my divinity, when I was denying my divine self and when I was papering over and doubling down on trying not to show how messy I was as a human being, my human existence was hard as hell. Yes. yes. And it's that. That's beautiful. That's mm. beautiful. And I love that you are willing to say, I am messy. Mm. I have issues, but until I, until you come to terms with that, you can't do anything about it. Hell no. Right? Because we're so, too busy doubling down and denying and denying. in delusion about yes. what we're creating in our life. I was papering over all the cracks and using all of my chronic fatigue was because I was spending so much time trying to keep that facade up of having the perfect life and the perfect children and the perfect husband and the perfect marriage and the ugh, all the stuff. And it was exhausting because it wasn't perfect. It was flawed. It was toxic. It was not healthy for anyone. And the more that I can accept, you know, I still get reactive. 
I catch myself at it a lot quicker now. I still get angry. I still get all of the emotions, but I can acknowledge that the emotion is there. I can ask it why it's there. I can, I can know what it's trying to tell me and I can choose to behave differently. And I love that because I've, I've all, always been told and often said, sometimes in life, you have to step outside of the frame and look at the picture, right? And that, and if you just do that, you can actually see the, see it holistically, see the whole thing. And if you have the strength to call out what it is, then you can make it be what you need it to be, right? So. Yeah. And also stepping outside the picture, you can see what's around the picture that you may have missed before. That's the other key. That's good. Ooh. That's what's outside the frame. That's really good. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I love that. So divine, messy human. In case anybody missed it, that is the, that is the name of her wonderful book. So Amanda, please tell us about your book. So it's the subtitle is a spiritual guide to prioritizing internal truth over external influence. And so that really is, you know, what we've been talking about today It's it's going in before we go out. It's understanding what we need and want, what our emotions are telling us, what our insides and our connection to God, God source, universe, creative wisdom, whatever you want to call it, give it a name, Bob, (laughs) you know, I don't care. As I say to my clients, we aren't the highest powers we are, that there are, there has to be a higher power. Because if we're the highest there is, we're in serious trouble. (laughs) Serious trouble. (laughs) But I think it's, it's understanding that between us and our relationship with the divine, we do have the answers within us. And if we can get those answers within us and then go outside of ourselves to, I guess, see what other backup we've got for that, then that's the way that we want to be working. We don't want to be looking at all of those loud external noises, the social media feeds and the, you know, well-meaning but often completely off-field, you know, advice that comes in. Mm-hmm. Because some of the intuition that I have followed is stuff that people think I'm crazy for. And it's given me so much magic and wonder and awe and mystery and joy in my life because I'm following my path. I'm not following their path and they don't know my path because they're not me. And it's, it's being authentic to you. Mm. You know, I, I think that in order to be authentic, you have to go with what you feel on the inside. And if you've done the work, Um, I really feel as though the trust is there and then you can lead that authentic life and it's going to be exactly what you want it to be and not what you've been told that it should be. Mm, Absolutely. And also recognizing that it's not about having done the work it's about doing the work work, because the work is never done. (laughs) And I think this is, 
this is one of the other things that I say to people is we often spend more time deciding what car we're going to buy next than, you know, working out who we're going to work with for our mental, emotional, spiritual health. That's good. Take advantage of the free 15-minute calls. Ring them, email them, get a conversation going. Are you the right person to work with me? Can you help me with this? What's your experience? And also, are you working with people yourself? I would not ever trust anyone who is not working with another professional i am constantly working with a minimum of two other professionals at any one time because they give me different perspectives they give me different views they get me out of that picture so that i can see what else is around Mm -hmm. and they allow me to continue working on myself to expand and grow and look at my blind spots and discover what they are so that I can help other people find theirs. Mm-hmm. I think once we stop doing the work for ourselves, we stagnate. Yes. And that's I don't true. Want to work with a stagnant mentor. No Absolutely. Way. Absolutely. I mean, it's mm-hmm. like, you know, people will come to me and say, I just want to get healed. <laughs> yeah. But just as you said, it's all, you're, you're never at that point of, you're healed. We're always healing, right? So that's just beautiful. So back to divine messy human Mm. where, okay. So in the book, do you give advice on how to, like, if somebody's on this, this, oh, why can't I, I can't think of the word (laughs) on this journey. I'm sorry. If, if someone is on this journey, and they're wanting to figure out how to get to that point of spirituality, how to listen to certain things. Does the book give them tips or tools or tests on how to get there? I do. I've got journal prompts. I've got different activities and exercises. And I've also got, you know, some of the theory points behind it. So the the more practical bits of understanding why why are we conditioned this way? How did we get here? And I've used some examples from clients as well, all my own examples, although there's not a lot of my story in the book, because it really needed for me to be that mix of here's some exercises, here's some journal prompts, and we learn through story. We learn through hearing other people's things and putting ourselves into that position and going, you know, which characters resonate with me? How does this feel for me? Can I see these patterns in my own life? And so it's a mix of all of that, but it's also bite-sized chapters. So you can pick it up and read a tiny bit and put it back down and go for the next lesson when you're ready. It's not a heavy self-help book either. I am a spiritual sailor, so there is some, you know, swearing in there. You know, (laughs) one of those people. But I think it just adds color and texture to it. Um, (laughs) There you go. (laughs) Reality. (laughs) And it's down to earth because I think so many people speak from this high elevated platform of I know better. You know what? I'm on the journey with everybody else. I'm learning to be the best human I can be and I'm not always going to get it right. That's right. And that's, that's a part of being human, really. Yeah. Yeah. It's just what it is. And you know what? If there's better ways to do things, I'm willing to learn. Yes. I am willing to upgrade my knowledge, my skills, 
to find better ways of doing things. Which is why you continue to work with people. Yeah. It's very important. It's very Mm -hmm. important. I love that. I love that you, you know, you're, you're letting, letting people know, first of all, it's not, it's not anything wrong with going out there and working with people, but it's also not anything wrong with working with two people. No. (laughs) You know, because like you said, you get different, you know, different opinions on different things because everybody, there's no one person that is, uh, you know, a master of everything. No. It's not going to happen. No. So I really and I've that. used so many different modalities in my healing journey and I've used, I mean, even within kinesiology, I've probably seen 10 or 12 different kinesiologists. Now mm-hmm. I have had, I had one main one for about five years and I've now had this last mentor for about the last three or four years. Mm-hmm. And at times they've overlapped and at times they haven't. And at times I've brought other people in as well. And, you know, then I see different modalities too, hypnotherapy and acupuncture and Chinese medicine and chiropractic and reflexology and all of the things. And if there's a modality out there that I haven't heard of and I all of a sudden it comes across my path, I'm like, I'll go check that one out. Go check that out too. As to what I can do. Right. Absolutely. You know, because you never know. get benefit from anything. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, mm-hmm. Amanda, if someone wants to work with you, where would they go? amandakate.com.au. So remembering, of course, the .com.au for Australia. And all of my social links are there. And there's a place to book an introductory call. And you can reach out to me through that if you want to know more. Oh, fantastic. And I will absolutely put the name of the book and all of your information in the show notes. Fantastic. So people look in the show notes to get more information about Amanda. Amanda, this has been fantastic. Thank you so much. And I I feel so, I feel so good right now. It was, you know, I, again, I'm one, I believe that timing is everything. And as hectic as my day was today, I was actually going to say, I wonder if she postponed, right? (laughs) But I said, no, I get off this call and I got to get on this podcast because there is purpose. And it was, it was exactly what I needed today. And I really, really pray that it was everything that the audience needs today because you have blessed me. Thank you. And thank you for shining your light into the world. It was just beautiful. I love your energy. I love what you're bringing. And so, yeah. Thank you so much. Ah, And I'm pretty sure we will... um, have some future either podcasting or workings together. We will see. I feel it. I'm up for that. I'm up for that. I think I I found another soul sister. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I ask all of my good, wonderful guests, if you could tell the audience one last thing, anything, what would it be? You know all the answers. Sometimes we just need a little bit of help to find them, but they're all within you. So trust yourself. That is good, good stuff. So I'd like to tell my wonderful audience, thank you for listening because I am very, very clear that you can choose any podcast. So I'm grateful that you chose this one. And I'd like to tell you that you matter and your story matters and have a fantastic day. Bye. (laughs) 
I understand that nothing is more valuable than your time. So thank you for listening. Be sure to join our Facebook group, Codependent Me. And check out my website at codependentme.org. Thanks so much. Have a great day.